Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for... All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are, locked and loaded once again for another episode, another installment of the Conspiracy Farm. We're no, ladies and gentlemen, we do not find the Hello? conspiracies. Yeah, we just add a little bit of water, and that was my co-host, Pat Militich, UFC Hall of Famer. Uh, and today, very, very interesting, very thought-provoking episode as we go deep into the events of April the 15th, 2013, Patriots Day. Um, the Boston bombing, ladies and gentlemen, and today we have on... An ABC Boston uh, reporter, investigative reporter, Emmy award-winning investigative reporter and author, Michelle McPhee, the author of Maximum Harm, the Tsarnaev Brothers, the FBI and the Road to the Marathon Bombing. Michelle McPhee joins us today. How are you, ma'am? I am so excited to be on with you guys. This is a, a great opportunity. And, of course, you know, Pat being a huge big shot in the world that a lot of these terror suspects travel in with MMA fighting, this is a real honor. You know, I was that was going to be one of my first questions, um, talking about you know Chechens and other fellows from the stands over there on the on the uh, border with Russia, who have been making their way over to the United States for MMA and how how this stuff is intertwined. Well, and, well, and, and, and it's it's somewhat inexplicable, but I, I think that you know there's there's a large world you can connect at least five of the individuals in back some harm in my book right back to MMA, including three young men who were slaughtered on the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. All three of them had been nearly decapitated. All of them were very skilled MMA fighters. All of them had connections to Tamlin Zanayev, and they had all attended the same MMA training gym here in Boston, Massachusetts, wide group. And are these the individuals, and we're going to get into it, is this the Eritrean uh, drug gang that you were speaking of? No, these were three men that were living in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh, one of the victims, Brendan Metz, had been described as the older brother in the Boston Marathon attacks, Tamlin's only American friend. And Tamlin was teaching one of these victims how to box. He was a heavyweight champ twice in the Golden Gloves here in Massachusetts. And Brendan Metz was teaching him MMA. And all three of these men were found dead in their apartment on the 10-year anniversary of 9-11, one of my sources that day in law enforcement said, Michelle, it looks like I'm now a tighter training video in here. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> they, they tortured them, correct? They tortured them. They slit their throats. Uh, two of the Jewish victims, two out of the three were Jewish. They were sexually mutilated. It was the 10-year anniversary of 9-11, and we're talking about guys who were no joke. They could all fight. Wow. Some scary stuff. Yeah. So uh, let's – we'll rewind – yeah, I, I apologize for even jumping into that right no, away. That's all right. But go ahead and rewind and let's. Oh, I think I did it. No, that's okay. It was I. I, I followed up. I shouldn't have yet. But um, let's rewind a little bit and go through. You know, let's talk about your book number one, which is an amazing book, and we want to give it even more traction and get the word out about it because it's it really is. It has it's all documented. Everything in it is documented. Correct. Everything in it is documented. It's not one. There's not one iota of information in that book that is not annotated, that I don't have a police report, an investigative report, uh, the congressional testimony. I went to every single solitary court appearance and the trial of Joe Carson. I have an all-four court defendants 
this is a documented book. This is not a conspiracy theory. Forgive me for using that term, but it's not a conspiracy <laughs> theory. This is a map. This is the roadwork. This is a this is a map to the evidence that leads us to the conclusion that Tamlin Zania was working for the federal government. But it's a fact that most people around the United States, including unfortunately our own media, kind of consider this a conspiracy, right? A they do, but a theory. I think that's lazy. Yeah, I think that's a lazy conclusion because the evidence is there. Well, there, is there a reason for um, our media to, to cover this stuff up or just simply not report it? Well, I think it just it's it's labor intensive. So it, it goes back to people who are willing to you know pull the string and and dig and dig and not stop and you know perhaps put themselves in harm's way or piss people off. There's a million different reasons why people don't want to take on a, a an investigation like this. But for me, it was important. You know, I'm not blaming anyone for what happened on Patriots Day, the detonation of those two bombs that killed a little boy, two young women, left 17 people amputees, four of them lost both legs. And you look at that and say, this is unimaginable. And then you see the execution of an MIT police officer, and you knew that could have been prevented if people were not in CYA mode and instead shared the information. I had already gone through this on 9-11 when I was the police bureau chief of the New York Daily News. I was there on 9-11. I covered it for years afterwards. We know about the information sharing was cited often as one of the failures of the intelligence community, and those exact same failures that I had written about and studied after 9-11 were evident right here in Boston on April 15th. Wow. Very, very heavy stuff, and we haven't even scratched the surface. And, you know, again, my personal opinion as, as the co-host of The Conspiracy Farm, and we're going to get into this as this conversation ensues, I think, you know, to answer your question, Pat, and to, as we get into this, um, I think the media has always played a role in kind of um, catering the narrative as it relates to these things. And in my humble opinion, I think the Boston bombing was a, a, a larger operation, a false flag operation, which, yes, I believe the Tsarnaev brothers were employees of the federal government. But I believe, uh, and from a larger standpoint, um, and this you know, obviously is conjecture, uh, circumstantial kind of evidence, I believe he got Lee Harvey Oswalded. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh my was, God! I believe that is was, absolutely cuckoo for cocoa puffs insane. <laughs> well, as 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 we have seen, as we know, those guys Zarn, uh, uh, Zarnayev, um, uh, Tamerlan, I'm sorry, was an employee of the federal government. Um, not just the, the the FBI. I mean, as we as we will get into this conversation, there's a larger um, association with the CIA and family members of the CIA, and that just doesn't yeah, happen. What would be the motive? All right, so so let's say that this wacko theory is correct. What would be the motive for the government to blow up two women and a little kid? Well, I mean, what what was the what has been the motive throughout history in false flag attacks? Be it the Maine, be it the Gulf of Tonkin incident. I don't know. I, I mean, listen, I I, don't, I have never bought this false flag narrative. It's absolutely asinine, especially considering that many of these amputees are my friends. So no, these I, people I just, who are suggesting that they were actors and it's fake. No, blood, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. That's I don't lunacy. Believe, no, I don't believe there were actors at all. I believe things actually went down. I think these guys, like like you said, have been in. Or at least, they were the patsies, but they had every reason to bomb the marathon. They were pissed off. They were jihadi. They had just been. Tamilan in particular has spent six months with radical Islamic terrorists. I mean, that's just an absurd theory. He had every reason to bomb us, and the government has zero reasons to bomb us. Well, I mean, I understand, and I, I've, I've, I've got into research of individuals like former FBI whistleblower Sibel Edmonds, who speaks about a Gladio B, and if you even go back to old Gladio, the stay-behind armies after World War II and the Cold War to help 
create heat for the communists. This has happened. There's a precedent for false flag attack all the time. The problem reaction solution of I create the problem, you react, and then I create the solution to the problem. And I think this gets into the larger, way larger conversation of what's going on with the stands, the the Caucasus region, the encircling of Russia right now. Um, I, I, okay, I'm an investigative journalist. I can only answer questions that are you know based in fact and evidence. I, I honestly am not going down the slack false flag right. road well, with you. I simply can't do it. I can't do it as a reporter. I can't do it as a journalist. I think it's insane. And I have I, I give it zero credibility. Any so Uncle Uncle Ruslan Uncle Ruslan being married to Graham Fuller's daughter, a CIA chief in this region. Yeah, but is what does complete- that have to do with the false flag? That that is more of an indicator that he was working for the feds. It's not an indicator that the feds had a motive to blow us up. That's just it's just right. well, okay, I honestly so me, have zero interest in discussing that at all. Let me, uh, let, me go, let, me, let me go to this. Let me go to this. So the gentleman in German uh, in Germany who took the truck and mowed down a bunch of people. Um, killed numerous people and injured a massive amount of people. Uh, Anna Samri, he had actually previously been in in um, German law enforcement's hands. They had him um, locked up, and basically they were told to release him by by some higher ups um, when he should have been deported and things like that. It's kind of a similar situation over there with yeah, them. like that. That that is something that you there's a trajectory you can follow it. They they clearly used him as an informant. They let him go. They wanted to watch him. They wanted to follow him around, and and it got out of control. That happens all the time. Yeah, and is is this? I mean, at what point? Obviously, we have to have informants. I mean, law enforcement uses them in all kinds of fashions, but. In terms of terrorism, um, we've got to have bad people on the inside and, and pay them off. But, uh, I mean, how do you keep a leash on these people better? I mean, are they just not doing their information job? Information sharing. Don't you think, Pat? I mean, this is an issue of information sharing. Everybody has, you know, the federal government obviously has its tentacles into guys like Camelins and I have everywhere. But Camelin, if you look and if you read Maximum Harm, you know, he had um, interaction with the DHS, HSI, Drug Enforcement Agency. He had interaction with the CIA. He had interaction with the FBI. I mean, so to, to, to say definitively what agency recruited him and, and where he was listed as an informant is impossible. But I think that's the issue with a lot of these informants. Look, at, if you look at every major takedown of any Islamist terrorism case, it involved the use of informants. And it's a necessary evil to get in bed with the devil. We've seen them do it with biker gangs, with, with drug cases with all forms of, of criminal underworld activity, you need informants. But the problem that I have, and why I think Maximum Harm is such an important book, at least it is in my, turn, in my eyes, is because when it goes wrong, there needs to be accountability. And we saw the utter lack of accountability in the aftermath of the Boston Marathon to the degree that the FBI steadfastly refused to cooperate with Congress. How is that acceptable to any American citizen? Right. And, 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 Jeff, that goes back to you know, some of your beliefs, no matter what, and I don't believe what you believe at all, but no matter what, there should be real questions asked by the, our federal legislators, and those questions are not being asked. And when they make an attempt to get the FBI to cooperate, and the FBI refuses to show up, to the degree where Steven Seagal, the Hollywood actor, is leading a bipartisan congressional delegation into Russia, that's absolutely ridiculous. And it should and, be unacceptable and, to and, us and, as Americans. It absolutely is. And to me, it just reeks of those not though they've them not wanting to investigate themselves to show the larger operations that's going on and has been going on for decades. As it relates well, to Well look, we do know that to this day, half of the case involving Joe Cars and I have been sealed. We know that as early as last week, 
his new defense team and federal prosecutors are fighting over access to 13 classified documents that were filed in the case. The feds are not releasing them to the, even to the defense team, uh, citing ongoing investigations in Homeland Security. That's very unusual. So there, there are still a lot of money into questions, despite the three and a half years of research I did for Maximum Harm. Yeah, let's, I wanted to ask you, too, in terms of the FBI, and there has there there's been obviously and I want you to explain it a little more the the friction between the FBI and the Northeast and some of the law enforcement local law enforcement agencies up there and and the part where they overtook a hangar at, an, at the airport and while they were sifting through pictures um, was it you can explain who was it that that freaked out and said you guys knew it was a DEA agent along with a local trooper who right. said you guys knew you guys knew. This is ridiculous. And then we know that the book opens in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where within an hour of the release of suspect black hat, suspect white hat, which were the Zania brothers, uh, there were 911 calls placed about suspicious vehicles in and around the area where the Zania lived, in and around the area around MIT, in and around the area where, you know, Dun Meng, the carjack victim, would jump out of a vehicle and run for his life into a gas station. By the way, that gas station just happens to be right under a building where two of Joe Carr's co-defendants lived. The guy who gave him the gun, Stefan Silva, the Eritrean, and Robel Filippos, who went to his dorm room and got rid of the evidence. I mean, there were just piles and piles of coincidences, but the ones that really, really annoyed the police officer was, was the fact that the FBI was all over Cambridge on April 18th and the hours before Sean Collier was assassinated in cold blood, and they would literally tell the cops to buzz off. And this is and, and wouldn't the, tell the cops the why they were there, the what they were doing there. This was before the execution of a police officer, okay. and a police sergeant actually remarked, "Someone's going to get hurt out here." These mother bleepers. So the the first chapter is these mother bleepers are here. Obviously, the language is a little more colorful, and that utterance came from a Boston police. Or, I, I'm sorry, a Cambridge police sergeant, who was infuriated because he had pulled over various surveillance FBI undercover vehicles and those FBI agents inside the vehicles wouldn't cooperate with them. I just, I mean, I, I look at these as uh, too many kind of accidental, happenstantial coincidence. I think it's a huge intelligence failure for Tamerlane to be going back and forth to that region, to be working for the FBI, to be working for the CIA, to have... While on multiple terror watch lists. On multiple terror watch lists. His, his younger brother's Twitter handle is talking all kind of radical stuff, but yet they're allowed to move around and they're falling through the cracks like this? I mean, this is... Again, again, and I like again respect your work. With my understanding of all of this background of false flags, it just sounds like the same thing to me. I could be wrong, and your your research has gone much deeper. It just sounds like the same kind of mo. You're like, well, they're not sharing this, they're not sharing this. Well, of course they're not. If I mean, if everything was on the up and well, up, why I mean, not share hoping. it all? You know, and Look, again, how did this fall through the cracks like this? These guys are clearly work like you said the eritrean drug thing the training over in the in the caucasus region but yet he comes over here and he's mad because of a visa and does this and then we'll get into who built the bomb they, those guys didn't build the bomb who built this bomb for them well we we know who built the bomb his name is daniel morley he was an mit employee uh in the months before the blast he got fired from his job and one of the items that was found near the scene of sean Collier's murder were burglary tools and daniel morley was arrested in June of 2013, months after the bombing, and everything in his house was the arsenal of bomb-making materials, including the signature BBs that were used in the pressure cookers at the finish line. But guess what happened to that guy? Nothing. Nothing. 
Yeah. And Nothing. what was his association with the, the whole case? What was the, that guy's association, the bomb maker, with the brothers? So that guy was an anarchist with anonymous and sovereign nation. And we know that Timlin had sovereign nation materials in, in his Norfolk Avenue home. And we also know that Daniel Moley and Tamlin went to college together at Bunker Hill Community College. <clears throat> so when Daniel Moley was arrested, his mother told the Topsdale police, according to police reports, that Daniel had told her before he flipped out that he had done something he would have to answer to God for. And his mother told police that he knew Tamlin's and I have. It's all on writing. Yeah. Hmm. Now, the, so- the, the, the thing that throws a curveball at me is the sovereign nation thing and how Muslim are hooked up in it and people of different different backgrounds things like that i mean there's i mean cops talk it is about crazy this to time. think about like anarchists and the hackers joining forces with jihadi it's, but daniel morley i was told by his associates built those bombs thinking they were going to take down corporate america and didn't know they were going to be used at the marathon but regardless the guy yeah. should be locked up right now he doesn't even have a, a criminal background so that he's driving a bus full of old ladies in a, in a hard scrabble city in Massachusetts right Which now. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. It is. Um, so how, how were the Sarnayevs tied into um, this drug ring up, up in the Northeast that, that was running uh, drugs across the border and things like that? I mean, you, there was a, there was a, so this Eritrean drug crew was sending money back to fund, help fund groups like Al-Shabaab. Um, one of the targets, was a man named Hamadi Hassan, who just happened to be one of Tamerlan's friends and neighbors before he moved to Portland to be part of this crew. There was a cooperating witness used in the case of, to take down this Eritrean drug crew called Operation Run This Town. Right. And if you read the transcripts of the phone calls between the CW and Hamadi Hassan, there were locations like maybe here, and it would be the parking lot of Y Crew, for example, was one of the locations. So it was... It, 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 there's a pretty good indicator that Tamlin was at CW, but what really cemented it is the gun, the gun that was used to execute Sean Collier, the gun that was used during that wild bomb and bullet battle in Watertown, the gun was tracked back to the Eritreans in that drug crew. It is nuts. It is nuts. Now, Kenny Florian's brother was murdered up there. What have yeah. you What have you uncovered um, in terms of his death and how any of that is related? Yeah, I have to be honest with you, Pat, absolutely nothing. nothing. You know, it was it, to add another to add another layer of um you know, uh inexplicable activity would have been I think a little too much for people to digest. And frankly, I was very much focused on on Tamlin, who if you look on paper, he was a very successful asset. He did take down that Eritrean drug crew. They got convictions in every one of the defendants cases. He went to Russia and the Counterterrorism forces tracked and killed seven high-level terror targets, high-level savages. These are people that deserve to die, and they wiped them off the map. His his mother's cousin, Magomed Kardashev, who was a jihadi sympathizer that ran a group called Union of the Just, he was taken down and arrested shortly after Tamerlan got back to the U.S. We know that Cavcats, which was run, of course, by Doko Umarov, the, the Russian Osama bin Laden, was now dead in a drone strike, but at the time... Doko Umarov ran a terrorist portal called Capcats that Tamlin, we know from testimony, was very active on. And on that case, uh, a group of martyrs were taken out by the Russian aggressors because of a tip from an informant. The Russian Interior Ministry put out a press release about how they raided this terrorist training camp in Udemesh and talked about an informant. 
well, there's only one guy that gets out of the region the very next day after this raid, and that guy was Tamlin Zanine. And someone paid 2,050 euro for a one-way ticket back to the U.S., or should have raised immediate flags, and we all know that Tamlin Zanine's death certificate says never worked. So who was paying for who was paying the fare? Right, right. Or his Benzes, or is he a guy dressed pretty sharp too? He had a sharp car. That's a, yeah. That's a, the money trail is definitely interesting too. Where was he getting his cash from? Exactly. So it's just that's all of the research that I have in maximum harm. Um, you know, it's I I think that hopefully at some point members of Congress are going to demand answers from people in the intelligence community. James Clapper, the former uh, director of national intelligence. He commissioned an intelligence report on the intel community, and that really provided a pretty good roadmap of how he gets back to the U.S. He immediately becomes a candidate for citizenship, which he wasn't eligible for. We know he was motivated to become a citizen because he wanted to box in the U.S. Between USCIS, ICE, and the FBI, hey, we're not giving this guy citizenship. He's a terrorist. He's unemployed. I mean, what are you talking about? The FBI would say, no, 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 he's a good guy. Give it to him. And all that just reeks to me of everything I'm kind of talking about. But, I mean, again, you had mentioned a second ago. I mean, the only thing I disagree with you is the whole false flag. That would suggest that the government actually detonated the bomb. You're getting her so mad, she's going to hang up on you. No, God, no. I know, honestly, I do have to hang up in five minutes, though, Jeff. I really do. Not because I don't want to talk about it, just because I do have have to run into another press conference today. There's all kinds of crazy activity going on here. Absolutely crucial. Absolutely crucial that I bring this up to you then. Because as you mentioned a minute ago, like so many of the lone wolf attacks are lone wolf that were going to be attacked were were FBI related and there were informants. I get that, but for me that raises red flags. Again, we've talked about on this show a gentleman by the name of Yeah, but but you're suggesting you're telling these people, so what your your theory is that the government wants these people to attack Americans. That's it's, as dumb as saying George Bush. But, that, but, but that's but that's that's an, a lack of understanding of history, Michelle, because it's happened in the Maine. It's happened in the Gulf of Tonkin. It's just happened before is my point. So before we let you go, um, you even have said in other interviews, um, and this, again, huge red flag, uh, Tamerlan's uncle, Uncle Ruslan, was married to Graham Fuller's daughter. Graham Fuller was a station chief in Ankara, I think Ankara, Turkey. Um, again, former, yeah. FBI whistle, former FBI whistleblower Sybil Edmonds has said Graham Fuller's job is to help radicalize Russians, Chechens. Yeah. For for a larger end, um, yeah. This- his whole his whole point to fame is destabilizing Russia using the most insurgency. In fact, if you really dig into Graham Fuller, he had some connections to Osama bin Laden back in the day when he was on our side. Of course. So this this reeks to me again, and I'm not to bring up Lee Harvey, but I'll bring up Lee Harvey. He had the same kind of CIA FBI ties. He got you know left out to dry. I'm not saying no, but, but, but you're, what you're saying, Jeff, and this is what I totally disagree with, and I want to be abundantly clear, is that 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 they prompted these people to attack America. For one end, I have no idea what you're even thinking. I mean, lo- locking down a city of Boston? How, people, yes, how traumatizing was that? The locking down of a city like Boston. That's setting a precedent that it can happen again. If if thing, someone suspected, lone wolf, Al-Qaeda, it can happen. And again, this this from 9-11, and even before that, it's about suspension of our rights, our losing of our liberties in the face of fear and protection. Well, the only thing I'll, I'll respond to with that Rain is that look in the end after that lockdown after the whole city was shut down after we had the national guard going door to door and SWAT teams and Blackhawk helicopters in the end it was a civilian who found Joe Cars and I am hiding on the boat absolutely true Pretty amazing yeah no and I'm just I'm for me you know I've I've trained law enforcement and military for over 20 years and I've trained a lot of of 
prison guards. I mean, hardcore prisons that where the scariest of the scary are, are housed. And they talk about the people that are being released out onto our streets and how nasty these guys are that they're being let out. And these guys are even worse. These guys want want to commit mass murders, destroy people. So the the fact that you know they've got to have them under surveillance. They have to have their phones and emails and everything under surveillance. They know what they're doing. They know they have to know what they're planning because they're surveilling all of us now. Exactly. Of late, we've we've figured that out. So to me, I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of riding the line halfway between what you're saying and halfway what Jeff's saying. To be honest with you. No, and, and I and I completely understand that. And look, we know what happened. I, Garland, Texas, 60 Minutes just had a very uh, uh, riveting piece about Garland, Texas, the very first attack that ISIS has claimed responsibility for. There was an FBI agent on the scene so close to this attack taking a photo of the would-be victims that he was arrested by the Garland, Texas police as they tried to flee. And to this day, the FBI will not explain why there was an agent with the terrorists who tried to commit a massacre in Garland, Texas. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so there are a lot of, I, I mean, for me, this is about accountability. Then you know, we talk I, about it I, a lot. I, I can only talk about what I can prove and what right. I can document. Everything right. else no, is just it's conjecture. That. Yeah, we it appreciate is. that. Everything so. else is conjecture, but there is something to be said about accountability. No matter what, no matter what you believe, and I, I can document what I'm telling you, but no matter what you believe, there should be an aspect of accountability. And we, yeah. we talk about that all the time on this show, Economy Michelle. Absolutely. I just, as you, as someone who took the time and obviously put yourself on the line, um, I don't want you to be adverse to the notion of something like a false flag. Cause like I said, the Vietnam War, 58,000, oh, yeah. 58,000 Americans died. Million Vietnamese died, died based off of literally a lie. Cause the Gulf of Tonkin never happened. It's happened before and our government will do it again and has done it. So I just say, just don't be obtuse to the fact that there is a historical precedence for... We're not obtuse to anything. Look, we, we know Cuba. We know, uh, we, we exactly. know the lies and the, and the pigs. We know. Listen, I'm not closed-minded to everything. But I know with the Boston Marathon attack, there, I, I, what I can prove sure. is that Tamlin had very close relationships with the CIA, the FBI. He worked undercover in a drug case. He helped him track and kill some real high-level terror targets. They promised him citizenship. He was supposed to get it. The last time he went to that immigration building, he left there pissed off. And, we, and months later, he, he blew us up. Well, again, Michelle so McPhee. So that seems to me no, a much you. more viable uh, motive. Well, and I, I and again, you you got everything annotated, and I'm so with that. I again, I wish I wasn't so damn cynical. I really wish I wasn't, because I when I get reports from the government or the FBI, I'm mostly they're redacted, and it's really hard to trust them just because of their history of lying to us. Exactly. But you've done I awesome, you. awesome work, man. I, again, you put your butt on the line, and well, I can't thank you guys. I and thank you so much for having me. And look, it, I'm a big fan. I, I like to, I like people who question things. Hey, check out our last interview That's with former Russian, former Russian Spetsnaz Sonny Puzikas. Check that interview out. You will find it quite, quite fascinating as an investigative reporter. Ladies and gentlemen, Boston Emmy Award-winning investigative reporter Michelle McPhee. She is the author of Maximum Harm. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time today. Well, thank, thank you guys Michelle. so much. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank okay, you. bye-bye. All right, take care, everyone. There will be more. All right, man. Wow, that was that was an interesting conversation with uh, Boston Emmy Award-winning investigative reporter Michelle McPhee, man. What are your what are your thoughts on that, Pat? She wasn't well, she, she wasn't going down the rabbit hole with us, I don't think. No, and she I don't think she has to, you know. She she is as you said, you know, has been nominated I think three or four times for Emmys. Yeah. Um Emmy Award-winning. She she has her own radio show out there in Boston and she writes for the Boston Herald, a column in the Herald. So she, you know, she's got, she can't go down the rabbit hole with us 
and probably keep her jobs. To be that's, that's I mean, true. she's got to be careful about what she says. And that's why I, you know, followed up with what I said about, look, the government's surveilling all of us. If these guys were working for the FBI, which obviously they and had the CIA, be, and, you know what yeah, I mean? The list so, is endless. So they, so I guarantee that those guys were, were being surveilled, their phones, their emails, computers, all that sort of stuff. So somebody knew what was coming. And, well, I mean, if, and that, that's if those guys were just you and I, they would be surveilled. Just phone conversations, Twitter. But, bro, I FB, FBI employee. I'm sure. But, I, but we're, we're not – our uncle isn't married to a freaking station chief's daughter either in the CIA. Like you, right. you start dropping these different uh, names, these acronyms of intelligence agencies you're associated with. All right. You didn't. You, I'm sorry, Michelle. I love you to death, but you didn't go blow something up because you were pissed off about not getting a visa. And again, she might not have the background on the false flag shit that we were kind of talking about, and not even getting into all of it. But to me, it just sounded like straight up protocol for a false flag, man. Well, yeah. But and, 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 and for those guys been. being a patsy, for those particular guys being a patsy. <clears throat> yeah, and you know. Could it have been uh, he and his brother angry about not getting citizenship? Sure. sure. Absolutely. 100% could have been. Um, could it have been uh, false flag or basically some folks higher ups? Look, as I mentioned with uh, Anna Samri in Germany and the German truck attack during, you know, the, on the Christmas market, knowing he was going to kill a bunch of Christians who were going to be there. There were, the, there, yeah. there were, I wouldn't guess there'd be a whole lot of Muslims celebrating Christmas right. um, on that road that day. Right. And you know they have footage of the truck barreling in into that uh, into that street and killing killing innocent people, but you know the German law enforcement folks who had him in custody were told by higher ups to release him, and then he yeah. went and committed this nasty heinous act and butchered a bunch of innocent people. So um, it's there's consistency about either people not doing their job and a, and a ton of loose cannons getting let loose on the streets. Yeah, I'm not, not with that whole keystone cop bullshit, or, dude. Or there's a higher up, the lever pullers yeah. want chaos in the streets to take our freedom. There's, I mean, that's what just, I'm saying. We can only we can only other. err on that whole, like, oops, ah, oh, man, oops, all oh, they felt, oops, you know what I mean? I'll miss this one, too. This whole Keystone Cop bullshit just does not play with me, especially having the background and understanding I do with false flags. Not everything is a fucking false flag or conspiracy, but come right. on, man. These guys have too many associations for this to just be some I'm pissed about visas, blow something up. And she's like, you know, again... She was I would I probably chose the wrong word up too. She wasn't feeling the whole uh false flag thing as if there isn't a precedent for it. I mean, fuck, there's been so many to that go into that problem reaction solution, which she wasn't even feeling. She's like, Why would they do it? Why would they why would the government well, blow here's the thing, why would though, the government I, blow up their own her, shit? I'm like, to, wow. To her we, to her defense, I'm gonna say this. Remember we've talked several times on this show about the the normal human being, which I don't consider myself normal by any means in terms of the way I think because I can, whether it's, like I say, my MMA background and analyzing what a guy's going to try and do to me to, to take me out in a fight, um, I think about the other side and what their game plan is and things like that. So you have to think. Most Americans don't think in those terms and those levels of evil. I don't think right? she's most Americans, though, man. She's an investigative reporter, went deep into the Whitey Bulger. She knew the FBI was protecting Whitey Bulger while he was out killing people. I mean, but granted. She also, but she's also paid by people who could fire pretty easily. For That's true. That's true. Right. And again, I would rather just assume she just doesn't know about this uh, rather than she just doesn't want to go there. Because if you're going to be a journalist, especially investigative, you need to go all the way. 
you know, let justice be done until the heavens fall. I mean, if she loses her job, she loses her job, but at least people Boston, get to Boston Herald's not paying you and me seventy thousand <laughs> for, for a column either, right? Which well, I don't and like again, I'm just saying. I'm I definitely dig the fact that she put her butt on the line to to even go there with some of this because you know, like I said, she's asking questions that they're just not answers to. And like again, like I said in the interview, if everything was on the up and up, we'd have all the answers. You know what I mean? Right. It wouldn't have to be this hidden NS or national security, et cetera, et cetera. If it's so cut and dry, he was pissed about a visa, blah, blah, then we should know that. Then the information should be read. And we didn't even get into Ibrahim Todashev, the Chechens. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. She, she, without even needing to say anything further than we need accountability, those documents need to be released and everybody needs to read them. And I'm talking the documents in full without yeah. um, black markers over all kinds of names and yeah. activities and everything else where it's like the and and but are the only words you can read. In the damn thing. <laughs> exactly. that, that, that ends up proving or disproving your theory on what you think happened. And it goes one or the other. It's, it's either people were just doing a really shitty job. Um, it probably those documents would talk about their phones and computers being surveilled. It would talk about existing knowledge potentially of this sort of stuff. Who knows? Um, but that there was talk of bomb making and this and that. Um, so it, it would either prove that, that this was something, a false flag event, or that people just simply weren't paying attention and didn't do their job. Yeah, well, again, I, I don't go for the Keystone Cop theory, but isn't that interesting, too? This guy, you know, the, the, the radical pissed off, didn't get my visa, goes to a fucking anarchist to get his bomb. It's like, what? Yeah, so um, I see. I, that, not that that means anything in and of itself, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of weird. You know, a, a common friend of ours who, who we've messaged back and forth with, um, who was part of the law enforcement community up in that region, yeah. um, said that this gentleman that made the bombs had actually been converted. That, really? That, that he had been converted to Islam. So, oh. you know, that's that's all I'm going to say. I okay. don't know. No, that's, but that's what that's what he said. And that's, I, I, that qualifies that, that then. That helps out quite a bit, quite frankly. Because I know your source, and I know it's a legit source, so that, that, definitely, that definitely helps make sense. So um, there's other, you know, there's a lot of people with the name, you know, just normal American names like Jim Smith who get converted. It's you don't have to have. It happens. It happens. Yeah, I know. So, it happens. And, you know what? And another thing, you know, I had a good conversation with my uh, with my neighbor. I won't mention his name or anything, but he's a he's a, a an incredible uh, orthopedic surgeon, br- brilliant guy. He's from Afghanistan originally. His father um, planned on going back to Afghanistan and serving as a doctor himself in Afghanistan and leaving his boys here. Um, so that they were able to go to school, become doctors, things like that. But he wanted to go back to his his little village and serve as a doctor to save the, you know, to help the people in his village. And um, the Russians had invaded, and that you know put the kibosh on him going back back to Afghanistan. He didn't go back because of that, so they ended up staying here. Uh, but my neighbor and I actually have very good conversations, you know, and, and about um, about Islam, about the converting of of individuals and. He goes, look, Pat, he goes, I, I go to people who are, you know, Islamic scholars. And he goes, I've read on from front to back numerous times, and I can't find in here where they're, where they're being converted. And it's the, the hadiths and the other stuff. Uh, Breaking up. Lost you. Um, even for you know not being a believer, whatever. I lost you um, there for a second. You said after you said hadith, I lost you. Um, you know, hadith are how they're are being converted, is what he said, and it's it's not the Quran itself that that is is being used as a tool to do that. So, um, 
and I've talked about, um, you know, the Catholic religion, for instance, where my two oldest brothers were, were molested by a priest and both, both of them couldn't get rid of their demons and ended up committing suicide. So I'm not a believer in religion, um, itself. I'm very spiritual. Um, I believe that we, that we have a, a creator, but man-made religions are, are, are really, um, taking us down a path of, of a collision that's, it's happening right before our eyes in Europe. Um, and it's, and it's starting to happen here in this country. The Abrahamic cults, I call them, and you are absolutely correct, man. In my opinion, they've, they've oftentimes caused more problem than harm. Um, it's something I meant to ask her, man, and she seemed like she wanted to get out of there kind of quick, but. I think um, she had, she, I think she had other stuff going on. I know, she, I know, I'm just fucking with you. She it, was but, being honest, and you pissed her off. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I told her beforehand, I'm like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not being a dick by challenging you. I just, you know, that's just how my mind works. But Ibrahim, Ibrahim Todashev, the Chechen guy that the FBI killed after they questioned, have you heard of this guy? Um, the guy who supposedly attacked the FBI agent when they were asking him about the bombing and stuff, and he supposedly yeah, he was an MMA guy also. He was a Chechen. He was an MMA guy, and like just listening to, I've watched in show prep. I listened to his widow, listened to a lot of people. His father, um, if you if you see the the wounds, it's it's five wounds and a torso, and then one shot executions out to the head, and he was on his back supposedly uh, when he was shot. So the and then the no, uh, they changed their story like six times. He had charged him with a knife, he had charged him with a broomstick, and then finally it was he was completely unarmed. He just lifted, you know. A coffee table that he was well, anyway. So that that was very interesting as well. Um, that association that that wound up getting taken care of. They questioned him you for know, like I think, eight I think, hours, question him for eight yeah. hours, and then kill him at the end. Look, him, yeah, but him getting shot, um, you know, I've had numerous cops tell me when I'm training them, they're like, if a guy like you, like, if you, you know, go off all of a sudden and start beating people up, and we come to get you and you start beating us up, they we have no choice, we're going to shoot you. So right. that I think. Probably for the most part, in my mind, explains the situation with the FBI agents shooting that guy, and they wanted him dead. Um, if indeed he charged him, that's the, again, man. That's the if if how I many I mean whatever. Not to be all cynical again, but how many no, the guy it, the, the the FBI agent who did the shooting uh, had been pinched two, a couple times for falsifying evidence, falsifying reports, abuses of power, et cetera. So it's just like it just baits larger questions. Yeah, you know yeah, what I no, mean? No, that's it's and it's perfectly. Um, you know, plausible that 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 was something that happened. Also, they wanted to shut him up. Yeah, I I don't know. I just the whole the FBI is not coming off information. This and this. I mean, she looks at it as these weird anomalies and coincidences. I'm like, wow, this sounds like standing operating procedure of a cover up to me. You know what I mean? Especially having yeah. a background in this shit that I do. So, I mean, well, I get, without I mean, Fast and Furious, which started off the Obama administration. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, and I don't know if this is where her head's at. She's just not going deep into the the darkness like, you know, we kind of have done and kind of, you know, it's almost second nature. Like, yeah, the fuck yeah, that shit's happening. So I don't know if she just hasn't acclimated herself to this. But like, again, she's as an investigative reporter and author, she does have to be very annotated. Everything she can prove and anything circumstantial is kind of out the window when in this world that we you and I discuss a lot of these assertions are very circumstantial because, of course, the FBI is not going to be like, yeah, we're fucking radicalizing these assholes. Or the CIA is not going to be like, yeah, we're, you know what I mean? So it's, you got to kind of read between the lines and you can't necessarily take all the reports, et cetera, et cetera, at face value because, you know, there's an agenda oftentimes. So, Right. Good yeah. conversation, yep. though. Yeah, I think I think it was a very good conversation. She was very spirited. I like her fight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, she I saw in the in the show prep, and this is not disparaging to her, but she uh, about a year, a couple years ago, got uh, a DUI and got in a fight with a cop. And the picture of her being arranged, she had a black eye. I'm like, holy shit, dude, you aren't playing around. 
<laughs> if you're lucky we weren't doing it in studios, you'd yeah, kick your exactly, ass. <laughs> exactly, dude. But no, yeah. she's awesome, Michelle McPhee. I, you know, again, you get into these kind of third rail conversations and these stories. You know, it's, it's very, it's very t- tricky, man. And you know, the rabbit hole does go deep, whether she recognizes it or not. But I, kudos to her for writing the book, man. I definitely uh, sell, uh, yeah, sell her book a little bit more, buddy. Tell them, tell them. Yeah, maximum one. harm, man. The Zarnea brothers, the FBI, and the road to the Boston bombing. Check it out, man. Like I said, I don't agree with her whole assertion, but you know, a, a lot of what she figured out as far as the Tamerlan's background, his moving and shaking, his associations. Like she wasn't shy about the fact that he was working for the government. She just asserts that. Finally, he just was pissed about citizenship as opposed to, you know, what we have been seeing going on. And again, everyone, um, if listening to this, if you want to get a, you know, not that Michelle's analysis wasn't deep enough, but an individual who I mentioned in the interview, former FBI uh, whistleblower Sibel Edmonds, just go on punching Sibel Edmonds, Boston bombing. She has a much, much uh, deeper analysis that definitely gets into uh, the government ties, the in- intelligence ties, etc. Um, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. I think I think it's uh it's an incredible book and I think everybody should should be informed of these things and definitely get it and and, uh, and hopefully we will get the gentleman that you spoke of who we won't mention his name who has a little bit of insight into some of this stuff hopefully a little bit down the line we can get that gentleman on because his uh he has some good information as well absolutely yeah so um, good show I liked it I liked like I said I liked her fight I liked uh, I liked she's her. a scrapper. I liked her snapping back at you, buddy. Yeah, she did, dude. He's like, I'm not. That's the idiot, dumbest shit. Like, oh, shit. I was, I was rising my hands like, yeah, let's do this. I was sitting there thinking, Jeff is getting his ass chewed out. This is beautiful. Never. Never in a million years. <laughs> All right. All right, All right. brother. Uh, next I'm week, we got a good show, man. Make sure you do the show prep while you travel. And um, can you say, can you mention where what? you're going to be this week? I'm going to be in uh, Burbank, California. I'll be doing a show out there, and also doing uh, doing a show with with uh, none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold uh, Steve his- Austin. That's the bottom line. God damn it! I'll catch you on down the road. That's my Stone Cold Steve Austin impression. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Pat Milicic is going to be on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast later on this week, the week of what is it, May 30th? It's going to I'm go pumped. down. I'm, st- I'm, I'm so pumped, dude. I'm so excited. You and Stone Cold are going to have a great conversation, man. Absolutely. All right, my brother. Thank you again right. for another great episode. We will talk soon, my friend. Thanks, folks. All right. Stay tuned, gang. There will be more.